Hi, I'm Linda. And I'm Craig. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast, episode 89 at IndieTravelPodcast.com. Today's episode is brought to you by IndieTravelGuides.com and TravelTalks.tv. Well, we're still in Perth, surprisingly, and uh, we're having a great time, although the weather has seemed to have got a little bit strange as of late. Yeah, it's been overcast for the last, like, 36 hours. Yeah, and the temperature has dropped to about... 30 degrees but instead of being nice it's just been a bit muggy recently it's usually quite dry yeah so you can see we're really suffering with yeah. summer yeah. yeah it's a hard life but somebody's got to live here well what we're doing today is talking about packing travel toiletries and then to finish off we'll talk about the 2009 podcast travel scholarship which is really exciting so you've got to stick around and listen to it so what triggered this episode toiletries yeah. One of the things that made me think about it was we've just had one article published on the Indie Travel podcast about packing light, and next week the article is about what girls should pack, and one of the items is toiletries. So we thought we'd talk about it, go into more depth, maybe like a little mini series, article, podcast, you know, it all works together. Yeah. So that first article is by Matt Kepnez of um, Nomadic nomadicmat.com, and then Stephanie Lee, who's a new writer for his. Well, I guess the number one problem is when people start to pack, they might lay out their clothes, their electronics, any kind of books or things they're bringing, and then they'll walk into their bathroom and just empty the contents of their drawer into their bag. Yep. I know we did something along those lines. We took far too much stuff. We have this this big grey, what is it, just a, a toiletries kit, I suppose. Yeah, it's a giant big, toiletries bag. Yeah. And we just filled it with stuff. You know, we had like a 400ml bottle of shampoo and a 400ml bottle of conditioner and a 400ml bottle of like shaving gel and moisturiser. That's not the way to do it. We've learned a lot. Toiletries are one of the heaviest things you're going to carry. Yeah, all that liquid and plastic. And so often you're carrying it around but you're not using it. Or you're carrying it around and use a little bit but you're not using the other eight-tenths of the uh, of the jar. Yeah, so I think we've convinced people that this is going to be helpful. Let's get into it. Tip number one? Well, number one is be ruthless. Consider each item really carefully before you put it in your toiletries bag. If you only use it once a month, do you even need to use it once a month while you're travelling? Don't use it at all. Mm-hmm. One suggestion we got from Twitter by at Brody David was to forget those lame travel-sized hair dryers. They never work, and almost all hotels have them anyway. Yeah, that's something that you shouldn't take. Indeed. Tip number two is to travel with someone. Well, this might work for you or it might not, but if you've got a travel companion, make sure you split your toiletries. You don't both need shampoo. But you do both need a toothbrush. Please (laughs) don't share your toothbrush. That's disgusting. Yeah, thanks for that, Linda. I'm sure people would have picked it up. Okay, buy a smaller toiletries bag is tip number three. We talked about the cavernous grey pocket that we had. Um, get something smaller and you'll put less stuff in it. That's right. I mean, our one, is it's huge. It's literally huge. It's now our electronics kit and it's got far too much electronics in it. Maybe if we cut that down, we'll have less <laughs> electronics. <laughs> I don't think so. Anyway, number four, don't bother with mini-size items, whether it's a mini-size hairdryer, which we don't think you should take in the first place, or mini-sized shampoo or soap or anything like that. A mini-size shampoo is really useful if you're going away for a weekend. We went to Greece for a week and we just took, I think, a mini-size soap and two mini-size shampoos, and it was great. It was wonderful because we could throw it away at the end. Mm, that's but all you need. It's all you need. But if you're traveling for a month or more, you need more, and you're just going to get frustrated with those tiny little itty-bitty bottles. Yeah, I'd say just 
buy it when you get there. You know, if you take a mini-sized one, use it for a couple of days, and buy a freaking full-size bottle of shampoo. Well, Sam I wasn't, also at Twitter, said to keep everything under 100 mils where possible so you can take it with you on the plane easily, thus following the one-bag rule. Have one bag, don't check anything in, travel light. That's a very good idea. Yeah, definitely a good idea. You can buy plastic bottles that are 100 mils, so it might be worth buying a couple of those buying a 200ml bottle of shampoo or something and decanting it into there, if you could be bothered with that. I can't usually be bothered with that, and I think you do need a little bit more shampoo than 100ml if you're travelling full-time. So I'd go with 200ml, personally. Number five, buy full or medium-sized items. I think we've just covered this, but what I guess we should add on is don't buy the huge stuff. Um, Avoid the special offers, like get 30% more, because that's 30% more weight. Yeah, don't go with the huge size like we did. We had 400ml bottles of shampoo. Go with about 200ml. It's not huge, but it's big enough to get you by for a month or so. Mm, once again from Twitter, at Gamer Traveller said, Only pack enough to last you part of the trip. Look forward to having to refill at your destination. Except for those things that you simply can't live without, and you'll get cranky if you don't have. Yeah, make sure you take enough of that stuff with you to last the whole trip. Yeah, it's the difference between I want and I need. Yeah. Tip number six is use two-in-one shampoo for everything. One thing we've discovered as we travel is it's not necessary to have specialised items for each part of your body. When we first started, we had shampoo, conditioner, and shower gel, and travel clothes wash. We've discovered that we can use two-in-one shampoo for all of that. Again from Twitter, I feel like I'm the little Twitter bird jumping in all the time. Again from Twitter, at Roxingu said uh, that Lush Stores, which is a store in New Zealand, they carry a solid shampoo, which is great for travelling. So look around your kind of body shop and your natural soaps uh, stores and see if you can find a bar of this solid shampoo, because that does sound great. Tip number seven, don't replace items until they're finished. Oh, yes. Don't carry around spare things. If you've got a third of a bottle of shampoo left, don't buy another bottle of shampoo. I, I, I promise, wherever you are going in the world, you'll be able to buy shampoo there. And if you have to wait a day, it's okay to have dirty hair for a day. Honest. If you're really nervous about becoming dirty, keep one of those mini soaps in your toiletries bag for emergencies. But once again, this is breaking all of our rules. Be ruthless. No, literally. They're tiny. I mean, we carried one around for ages, and we didn't use it and didn't use it and didn't use it, and then all of a sudden, we had nothing. And you can use the stuff, the soap for anything. I used it to wash my hair. Left my hair in not the best state, but it was clean. Number eight, use roll-on deodorant. I am not a fan of roll-on deodorant, but they do come in smaller packages than the spray-ons. They're less likely to explode in your bag, and you're not going to stink out the dorm with your cheap, dirty deodorant. Oh my goodness, you wouldn't believe how many mornings I've woken up in a hostel dorm room to the smell of lynx. Yeah. Oh my goodness, it's the, it's the most permeating, foul smell in the world. Number nine is cut out electric items. Um, you've got batteries, you've got power chargers, so forget it. Electric toothbrush? Leave no. it at home. Razors? Definitely not. Electric hair straighteners? Well, maybe. Linda? I just bought a pair of hair straighteners. They're very useful. You're a failure. (laughs) Okay, take a normal plastic toothbrush, get disposable razors or standard blade razors, and find a way to do your hair that doesn't need electricity. Definitely. Not only will it lighten your load, but you won't have to spend so much of your time hunting for a power plug near a mirror. Yes. 
The last tip in this list is to buy a mini towel, buy a sports towel. I don't know what you call it in your country, but buy a small absorbent towel. Yeah, it's not strictly a toiletry item, but you do use it in the bathroom, so we're classing it together. But it takes up so much space. I mean, some of the towels people carry around are huge. huge. Egyptian cotton full-size bath ones. Yeah, I mean, it feels good, but it's just not worth it. Not to mention the fact that it holds water, so it's going to be heavy when you put it back in your bag. Get one of those light ones that are the size of a hand towel, and just take a bit more time to dry yourself. Mm. Now, you've uh, often used a sarong at the beach. Oh, yeah, that's quite a good idea. So what I do is I, I have my sports towel to dry myself on, and I have the sarong to lie on at the beach. So if you're worrying about, what am I going to lie on at the beach? Take a sarong. It can be used in so many different ways. You can use it as a skirt, as a dress, as a scarf, as an extra bed sheet, and as a, a beach towel. Mm-hmm. So what do you actually put in your toiletries kit? That's a good question, Linda. What do you put in your toiletries kit? Well, number one has to be a toothbrush. Okay. Toothpaste? Dental floss. Now, dental floss isn't an essential, but it is handy for other uses. Think minty fresh string. Yes, minty fresh string. Excellent. Um, Camp suds or two-in-one shampoo? Or that lush shampoo block thing. Yeah, sounded good. Number five, a razor. That's good for girls or guys. And number six is shaving gel. If you're not tough enough to shave just with, uh, just with soap suds, then shaving gel also goes in. One thing I'd recommend is that King of Shaves puts out a shaving oil, which is a lubricant oil you can use. It comes in a tiny little pack, maybe only about 30 mils. Yeah, it's really small. And um, you just throw that in your bag. It is great. Okay, number seven is a comb. You don't really need a brush, but a comb will come in very handy. We've already mentioned roll-on deodorant. That's going in there. Number nine, if you have long hair, hair ties. I only had one hair tie when I walked the Camino, and I was constantly hunting for it. An extra one would have been a godsend. Uh, You've got other essentials. Maybe if you wear contact lenses, you need the stuff to go with that. Um, You might need moisturizer if you've got dry skin. Just whatever you need for for yourself. Okay, number 11, for girls only. Take enough sanitary equipment for your whole next period, but no more. You don't want to get caught short halfway through. Okay, so we've talked about toiletries kits. Let's have a very quick run through a medical kit. I mean, it's going to differ whether you're going city hopping or you're climbing in the Andes. So we're going to try and hit a kind of midway. Yeah. A good idea is to have a separate medical kit to your toiletries kit. Keep it separate because you don't need it that often. Quite a good idea is to have a bright red one so you can find it inside your bag. Yeah, and it's also an international symbol. If you get a red kit, put a cross on it somehow with some plasters, a bit of tape... It's an international symbol for first aid. So what's in the pack? Let's get going. First of all, personal medical equipment. If you're on a prescription drug, then take it. Keep your prescription with you. Make sure you've got enough for your whole trip. Or if not, find out where it's accessible along the way. Secondly, take any medicine that's necessary for the destination. For example, malaria tablets if you're going somewhere where malaria is a problem. Grab a few band-aids and some antiseptic cream. Chuck a sewing kit in there. I know that's not really medical, but that's where we keep our sewing kit, and it comes in really handy. We use um, a thick tape, like an elastic tape, in case of large wounds, and also for wrapping things in emergency bag patches. Yeah. Take some hand sanitizing gel. Yeah. um, A small pack of tissues and a few cotton pads for wounds. Take one blister pack of ibuprofen. So buy a pack. Open it up and take one blister pack. You don't need heaps. Some people won't know what that is. Um, like a strong painkiller with anti-inflammatory properties. That's yeah. what you're after. But don't take the extra strong one with codeine because codeine is illegal in some countries, yeah. like Greece. 
as we found out. Not um, by going there with codeine. Just we found out before we went. You might want to take some anti-diarrhea tablets. Um, if you have the opposite problem, you've got time to get to a chemist. But um, if it's diarrhea, you're going to want them there with you. But you don't need a lot. Take one blister pack or half blister pack because, I mean, I really think four is enough. If you need to take more than four, you need to go to a chemist. Yes. Uh, one more thing. We also keep a few strepsils, which are throat lozenges, and some eye drops. So maybe pack a couple of those. Once again, half a blister pack if there's something that you might use regularly. One thing that doesn't really fit into either of these categories, but you might pack them in either, is some kind of contraceptive, like um, condoms or the pill or whatever you want to use. Yeah, make sure you take something with you because you don't know exactly what's going to happen. So remember, don't pack everything you can think of. Um, This list, well, these two lists we've just gave are quite large. You're not going to need anything more than this, but you can probably cut some things out. Yeah. I mean, we packed far too much to begin with, including the largest roll of tape known to men. How could you think that was appropriate? We carried around for two and a half years. It must have weighed, I don't know, a quarter of a kilo. It was so heavy. (laughs) And by the time we finally, we didn't use it at all. By the time we finally used it, it was so hard to remove. And you know what we used it for? We gave it to someone to tape up their boot. Not even our boot, someone else's boot. But they were sure glad we had it. We're going to have to find a photo of that to put with the show notes. But we noticed (laughs) the boot lying by a sign later in the trip. But fair enough, I would have taken off those boots as well. But we have found a replacement roll of tape that must be about, I don't know, one twentieth of the size. Much better. Thanks. You, You might have noticed I feel quite strongly about this. When we packed, we packed so badly, which is part of the reason we started the podcast, to try and educate people so they don't make the same mistakes we made. You can tell how how important this mission of education is to Linda. Oh, my goodness. Well, talking about missions, let's transition here. Um, What we want to do is spend the rest of the show talking about the podcast scholarship. So excited. The Travel Podcast Scholarship in 2009. Yeah, we've seriously been stringing you along this year talking about this. And it's so good to finally be able to give you all the information you need to know, let the cat out of the bag, and tell you all about it. So in short, worldnomads.com has gotten us involved with their 2009 travel scholarship. They will, if you're the successful applicant, they will give you a digital recorder, which you'll keep, they'll pay for your visas and vaccinations, they'll sort out your insurance, and they'll put you in touch with Tim Latham. He's a radio journalist and an author with uh, ABC, and he will help you organize or guide you, mentor you, and an approach to a story. Now, here's the story. So, they'll fly you in, hook you up with a homestay, give you Spanish lessons and a GVI translator during your time in Guatemala. Guatemala. So you get to go to Guatemala, and you'll be with the San Andres Izpata and Santa Maria de Jesus indigenous communities. You'll also work with GVI to help build an energy-efficient stove for a family. So you're doing all sorts of fantastic stuff. So while you're there, you'll keep a diary and you'll keep it online through worldnomad.com's blogging platform. And once you get back, once again, you'll work with Tim Latham and you're going to use the material you've recorded to create a podcast, like a short five-minute documentary about your experiences or your time or the stories that you've picked up along the way. And this will be broadcast on the Indie Travel Podcast, right here. Ta-da! 
So we'll be distributing it, and uh, we're also going to help worldnomads.com push it out with radio stations around the world and also a load of other podcast channels. So whoever wins this is going to get a lot of exposure. Yeah, heaps of airtime. You'll be famous, totally famous. So it's really a good chance if you're interested in podcasting, especially travel podcasting, if you'd like a trip to Guatemala, if you want to jumpstart a new media career, this is a great opportunity. If you are at all interested, you really have to apply because it is the coolest thing I've heard of this and year. Pretty much anyone can apply. You have to be over 18 and speak fluent English. You have to want to do it. <laughs> and, uh, and so if you don't want to do it, we don't think you should apply. But if you yeah. do... <laughs> Um, and it's open to pretty much anyone who isn't a professional journalist. So if you're a student, if you're a blogger, if you're an emerging journalist, um, yep. if you just want to go and do it for a change. Yep. Sorry, Dad, you can't enter. Yeah, well. Anyway, you should have a sharp, inquisitive mind. You should have excellent speaking and presentation skills. And you should just totally be keen on adventure travel. So what do you have to do to apply? You need to put together a three-minute podcast. It needs to be a travel-focused kind of documentary-style podcast. It has to be in English. And the theme to wrap it around is, is home where the heart is? That's the question we need answered in this documentary. You can say yes or no. It's up to you whether you choose positive or negative. It's up to you to convince our judging panel through your podcast documentary that you have the spirit of adventure and passion for travel journalism to be chosen for the scholarship. So the judges will be looking for originality, the clarity of expression of your ideas, um, your presentation and your interview skills. (coughs) Hint, include an interview. (coughs) Hint ends. Thanks, Craig. (laughs) Always try to help. (laughs) And your ability to source and to tell a story. Okay, so make a podcast, upload it to the internet, go to World Nomads, and enter your details and write a short essay. Applications close on Sunday, April 5th. So it's midnight in Eastern Australian time. So Whatever that means. <laughs> probably means if you're in the rest of the world, you want to have it up by April the 4th. Yeah. Aim for like Friday, and then you'll probably have a bit more time. Yep. Yeah, I'd recommend that too. You don't want technical problems at the last minute. So... Where do you go for more information? Of course, worldnomads.com has the full details and also has the application form. And over the next week, we're going to try and put some stuff up on the Indie Travel podcast with a few ideas for technical help, how to record, different software you can use, all that kind of useful stuff that might be able to help you out. Well, as we come to the end, a couple of listener links. One of our um, listeners, Ant Stone, has started blogging, and you can find his site at trailofants.com. Great name. Great name. So go check that out. All right, and one other thing. The Indie Travel Podcast was featured in Darren Cronian's top 10 travel blogs, video travel blogs, um, www.travelrants.com slash 2009 slash 01 slash 17 slash travel hyphen rants hyphen in hyphen video hyphen blogging hyphen and hyphen podcasting you're fired (laughs) (laughs) this is how you do it you go you go to travel hyphen rants.com and you do a search for indie travel podcast where you'll find the video (laughs) that we mentioned it 
That does work a lot better. Yeah. Or Buy you could go to travel-rants.com <laughs> slash 2009 slash 01. Someone shouldn't be applying for the podcast scholarship. Someone can't apply for the scholarship. Oh, it's so sad. I would love to go and spend two weeks in Guatemala. I know. Why don't we do it next year? Yeah, well, if things go well, hopefully we'll be asked to be the distribution partner again. Well, you reckon we should stuff it up so badly that we're able to go on the scholarship next year? No, no, no. I mean, we could actually just go to Guatemala next year. It's okay. part of our 2010 trip to South America and Central America. Deal. Yeah. Well, see you next <laughs> week. <laughs> yeah, have a good one. Until next week, travel well. <laughs>